Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show this morning. It's Jake and our sponsors today. We have Texan Roofing, Mainstream Marketing, and Boyd's One Stop. All right, looking at weather right now, 70 down on the island in Galveston with fog. And uh, looking at today, the forecast reads off cloudy skies early, partly cloudy this afternoon with a high around 75. South winds 10 to 15. For tonight, considerable cloudiness, low of 68. Winds south-southeast 10 to 15. And for tomorrow, cloudy early with partial sunshine expected late. And uh, 74 for a high, east-northeast winds. 5 to 10, so I can't recall ever seeing a stretch of weather this nice in the spring. You know, calm days, that is. We always have nice weather in the spring, but just good fishing days. It's kind of Looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We have four of them. We have a high coming up at 5.05 a.m. It's a 1.0, a low at 11.05 a.m. at 0.3 a high at 5.26 p.m. and 0.9, and a low at 11.21 p.m. and 0.3. 6.36 a.m. is sunrise. 6.24 p.m. sunset, our moon phase, is 98%. Coming off those two full moons the last two nights. All right, looking at current conditions right now down on the Galveston Channel, it's south at 5 to 7 with 72-degree water, 69 Let's just call that 70 degrees this morning for air temp. And Eagle Point at 72 degrees with 75-degree water. And Morgan's Point, 68.7 degrees with 73-degree water temperature. Southeast winds 5 to 7. Barometric pressure steady at 30.01 inches. So looks like another good fishing day. Another great day in the neighborhood anyway. All right, uh, let's see if Bill Watkins is ready to talk this morning. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing? We do not have him. Okay. Okay, well, better late than never, I guess. All right. Uh, getting to, you got him now? All right, Bill, good morning. How are you, bud? Hey, doing all right. How about yourself? All right, we're going to get fired off here. What's up, man? Oh, I uh, had a, uh interesting week this week. I uh, 
went noodle fishing for catfish and, uh, you know, fishing. And yeah. uh, also uh, did a crappie trip with a guide on Rayburn. So I've, I've expanded my horizons, so to speak. Right. And both trips went, well, went real well. Well, that's good. And, uh, yeah, lots of fun, lots of fun. Boy, Went out of uh, week. Yeah, it oh, it's so beautiful up there. It's, it's not like March at all. Yeah. How how can you ever <clears throat> have you ever remembered March being so quiet? I mean, well, that's what I just sooner or later talking about doing the weather. I'm going, man. When we seen a week of stretch of weather like this in the spring, man, without it blowing thirty and forty miles an hour. <laughs> I know, and uh, it's just. You know, every day it passes that it's calm like this. I go, what is going on? Mm. It's like the calm before the storm or what? I know. Makes you wonder. But that's fine. I'll take every bit of it I can get, brother. It's just absolutely beautiful up there. Cool at night and and, uh, almost too warm in the afternoon, but very and did we lose him or did you hit your mute button that's strange oh this isn't starting off too good this morning is it (laughs) see if you can get him back see what's up let me know will do all right (laughs) Yeah, it was a a nice week. I got to do a lot of running around and looking at things. I was really shocked when I saw something in the middle of Trinity Bay Monday, um, kind of on the line between the deep end of Beasley's and the deep end of Dow's. If you'll look out towards Lost Reef, they're pumping spoil out there. they got a big old mountain growing out there of just raw spoil in the bay that's being you know, pump from the ship channel, and that's probably a three to five mile uh, stretch of pipe from the ship channel out to that area, just in the middle of nowhere, kind of like the one they're doing over in East Bay. It's been going on a long time. It's gotten quite large. But uh, this one, uh, pretty much a shocker. And the way I read those charts back when they were going to start this dredging project for the ship channel, I thought that... uh, a lot of that spoil was going to be put inside of a levee system, you know, just, you know, in a retainment levee. But I guess I've got to do this to get the base to put the rocks around and then continue on with the dredge spoil. I don't know. but it. Uh, we got Bill back. You got him back now? All right, let's go to him. All right, Bill, we're yeah. back, man. I don't know what happened. Oh, I think I, I fell off I, in cell hell somewhere. Cell hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, modern technology. You gotta love it. Oh uh, yeah. It's great when it works. If yeah. when it don't <clears throat> if it does, you, go. you know. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but uh anyway, yeah, it's uh I'll be uh, I'll be having you a better report here for Sabine Lake here. I mean last time I went down there we we uh we had a great trip. Right. Just blistered them real good. <laughs> And uh, a lot of trout and reds, 
good solid size trout. A lot of them, a lot of them Texas size, uh, up to eighteen inches. hadn't caught any hadn't caught any of those twenty twos or twenty threes lately. No, but no. they've all been just real nice fish. Yeah, but <clears throat> it's unusual for them to be. Where I'm finding them, it's uh, usually more into April before I find them there. So there's it, some odd stuff going on. This is a strange year. Things are different. I, I don't know what all's going on with the dynamic of the earth, but uh, and, I mean, the deer were almost impossible to find around here, and they stayed in the woods the whole season eat acorns and it's been like that all over texas and uh then and then here here we start finding fish in places that they're usually not at this time of year and the weather's you know beautiful beautiful weather in march when it's usually windy as all get out i i can't even imagine what's uh what's going on here well we're but, just, hey uh, uh... Well, we're just in a different weather pattern now, you know, with the the cycle we're in, and it just uh, it goes back to what we've seen in the past. It uh, it's just unusually warm water temperatures for this time of year, and and I don't know whether that man. I think the photosynthesis is is more key to fish being in areas than than the water temperatures i know the water temperatures help with you know earlier spawns sure the eggs are going to get riper sooner and all that but uh it just i just wish i had something to work with over here up my way i mean i've never seen so much dead water in all my life where fish are supposed to be this time of year they're just not there and where fish you know are not supposed to be they should have been there in the winter pattern they're still where they were all through the winter, it's 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 strange. Now, redfish are just they're pretty much on every street corner. But I'm you know I'm <laughs> I'm referring to trout, and uh, yeah, right. It's uh, yeah the 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 redfish seem to have showed up over here. You know, all last year I seemed to have problems with reds until the fall, mm-hmm. and then then they showed up again. It's like where have y'all been uh, but they're all they were mostly all big right you know their upper slot and too big 35s 30 32s and, and but occasionally we'd we'd find some that were 16 to 20s uh so that kind of encouraging uh i think uh, I think we might have missed an age group over here at Sabine on redfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the trout population has been has been down as far as overall numbers well, in places where they, yeah, all over the lake. There's places where there should be a lot of trout, but they're not there. And you'll go through and catch one here and two over there, and, and uh, that that tells me that the overall population is is down. But then the size of the trout is growing, you know. 
So, and and I really think last year we got off a real good spawn. Of course, I haven't been able to see that yet. Well, no, those are still, you know, very small, immature fish. We won't see that for a couple of years. And we might find out that uh, we'll have a population explosion of little trout. I would like to see that. I would, too. That that would, uh, I mean, due, due to my experience level and, uh, I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything, but I'm able to find good numbers of trout in certain areas, but the overall population is just not there. No. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I've seen times we'd go into November and you, you could ride around out in the lake anywhere and find 16 or 18 flocks of birds working at any time with trout and reds just swarming under them. That's the telltale and, uh, sign right there. It's like yeah. Monday. It was calm and beautiful. There's plenty of shrimp in the bay right now. I mean, the ones that are shrimping, they're just nuking the shrimp. Now, when a school of birds does work, it's got oversized reds under them. And, uh, yes. With that amount of shrimp, if you had all those trout, especially that west side that I live on, there should be birds working from one end of that shoreline all the way to the back towards the spillway this time of year when it's calm like that. And it's just not happening. The reason is there's not any fish to push those shrimp up except for bull reds. I mean, I can't (laughs) tell you how many schools there are. There, I don't know, there's four or five giant schools off of uh, Houston Point out towards the ship channel all out in the middle of nowhere, and they'll come up under birds. Same thing down the west side, over to the east side. Now, they are nuking a lot of slot reds on that east side this week. Those redfish showed up over there, and they're wading and catching a ton of slots. And that that's encouraging to finally see some slot reds like that. And uh, But for the most part, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'd have to, if nope. I was given Galveston Bay a report card on trout fishing, I'd have to give it a D minus from what <laughs> I've seen. Seriously. Well, over at, uh, I'm just being you honest. know, over. I'd like to spin it, but I, I can't. N- no, ain't no use. No, you just might as well tell it like it is. Yeah, everybody's and, right we now don't. just going, man, what's up? Well, everybody's waiting around for tide runners now. I mean, that's going to be the replenishment. You know, we always get those in May, so everybody's waiting on May now. Yeah, and uh, we got on some fish down down in the channel the other day, some trout, and they they looked like tide runners, but you got to look real close. Yeah, you know that it ain't the same. Well, is that tide runners this early? No, that is not no, tide runners. Pretty early for that. <laughs> That's way too early for that. Let me do this uh, quick commercial break, buddy, and I'll be right back to you, man. Hang with me. All right. All right, Bill. Well, you know, Texan Roofing, they're the people I trust. Texan Roofing covers Houston and surrounding areas, and Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. And Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau A-plus rating with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing, they found that the majority of jobs they do – They offered the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. 
altogether. And Honest Roof Inspections, A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. If you tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show, Tim and all of his guys there will work with you directly and uh, give you that good personal treatment. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600, 281-391-9600, or texanroofing.com. And when you go by and see the good folks or call them, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It's 418 here in the Bayou City. Okay, Bill, we are back. Again? Well, Jake, it looks like you're going to have to get him back. I don't know what happened. He Roger that, off. sir. You got him? All right. Let me know when you get him. I'll get back to him. But uh, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, you know, about all that spoil out in the middle of Trinity Bay, all this is going to do, every tide exchange, is just spreading that silt all throughout the bay system, which we've, well, I wouldn't say we've grown accustomed to it, but we've had a lot of that ever since Ike. And... uh you know, with all the floods, I mean, and then, the, you know, the dredging involved, too, and, and not knocking any dredgers or anything. They're just doing their job, but it's uh, it's the game we're having to play now in Galveston Bay. It's uh, highly industrialized. industrialized. It's just uh, there's so much going on and so much growth that it uh, it's overwhelming to our to our precious resource out there in my books. All right, Bill. Let's see if we can go again, buddy. All right, I'm back. Third time's a charm, I guess. I could hear you fine, but you couldn't hear me. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Well, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear me now? Yeah, when you threw the switch. When you threw the switch, I... (laughs) 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 Yeah, well, I, I... I don't see... I'm not seeing those big giant schools of giant redfish like y'all have. Uh, they might be out there somewhere. I just hadn't seen them where I'm fishing. And uh, I haven't been all over the lake. I've been probably east and south mostly uh, here lately. And uh, I'm just not, I'm not seeing the giant schools. So, you know, we don't have, we don't have either big schools of trout running around or big schools of reds either. Yeah. But um, like I said, I, I, due to my experience level, I can find trout most any day and usually catching redfish with them. Well, we had 10 reds on the other day and lost eight of them, <laughs> and which was kind of fortunate for me because I didn't have to fillet that much. Right. Uh, we had you know, 24 trout, and uh, I see the trip before that, we had... Uh, a whole bunch of nice red fish. And then before that, we had 29 trout and several reds, I think seven or eight, um, 29 trout. And that's what, yeah, we just, we've been catching real good. But uh, they're kind of in unusual places for this time of year. Mm-hmm. And some of that might be fresh water pushed them around. But the, I have not seen any tide runners yet. No, nah, it's so, early for that. 
Yeah, I think we will probably see that happen sometime around mid-April. If it stays being warm, maybe sooner. But uh, somehow I think up there in the Arctic somewhere, there's old man winters planning another trip down here. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I, I do too because I, I've fired off and planted half of my garden. And, uh, I mean, I put out tomato plants. It, it it fooled me, I guess, because it was just so warm. I had to plant. I even planted purple hull peas and, and uh, <laughs> green beans. And that's way too early for that. So, But if, if I have crop failure because of a frost, well, you know. So be it. It's the nature of the beast, man. How would you like to be but doing that for a living? Well, fishing and farming, they're pretty close. I mean, you're, pretty close. you're at the mercy of oh, weather, man. That's just I always said I never want to farm for a living. <laughs> uh, but God here I am doing do, though. We'd be starving to death. Yeah. I'm doing something that is closely akin to it. And due to all the vagaries of weather and all the stuff that happens, it's... Uh, it ain't the best way to make a living, but I just love it. That's all I can say. Well, if you can, if you can do what you love to do for a living, it's uh, you're blessed. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> it's not without its stressful moments. And, no, that's yeah. that's with any job. It uh, beats beats the heck out of punching a clock or having to be contained and confined. Yes, it does. To an office or something, you're in the outdoors and you uh, you just make your own fate. Just go do your thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it was a uh, it was a gorgeous week for fishing, and it uh, oh, it was. I'm sure people are catching fish down at Sabine that I don't know about, but I there really is not much guide activity going on over here, and there's not much fishing. Everybody is at Rayburn and Toledo. Can't blame them. I mean, I got well, I can't eat. Going on like crazy. They are they are uh, having an unbelievable run on some beautiful fish this year. Oh yes, and and plus I look mean, at the weather they have. I mean, that makes it even that much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. And uh, you know, you think about it. Water temperature up there is like seventy. Yes, and uh, flat calm. And there's bass boats running everywhere, even during the week like this. Uh, I didn't see too many of the crappie barges out. The The crappie are still up on patches of moss. There's some right. Yeah, they see emerging, shorelines. There's some emerging hydrilla, and we found crappie in 6 to 10 feet mm-hmm. along hydr- new hydrilla. And they, they were scattered, and we just had to cast to them. Cast road runners with little curl tails on them. Awesome. And uh, if you had a short chartreuse tail, you could, uh, yeah, we just go up and down that moss bed two or three hundred yards one way or the other. Well, and, when, they're, uh, you know, when they're positioned like that along those uh, hydrilla brakes and everything, man, road runner jigs and uh, beetle spin, stuff like that, you can you can catch some really nice crappie this time of year rolling those long yeah. ledges like that of that grass. Awesome. We caught three or four white white crappie, but uh-huh. uh, most of them were those speckled ones, you know, those dark-colored speckled ones that 
big as a dinner platter. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's uh, a good table fare right there. Oh, they were I hope beautiful. You brought some home for the. Well, I, I actually I was thing. invited on the trip. I let them have all the fish. Oh, did but you? I did get I did get some blue cat and channel cat fillets from go. the day before, and we put uh, put out those swim noodles. You know, it's jug fishing basically, but right. uh, that was uh, that was fun. Uh, we had uh, had a couple of kids. I've up there, never you know. done that. That's uh that's that that's pretty good you can put those out and then go fish for crappie or bass and then come back and run them for table fare for catfish that's uh well how do they we, rig we those got, up do they use a circle hook on those and what kind of bait do they yeah on them? kale hook or circle hook and um i actually think circle hook's the best because mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to worry with them so much when they get on there they're on there but uh, the kale hook does work real well and we put about a Oh, six-foot staging on there, five-foot, and uh, put a little worm sinker up about, oh, eight inches above the hook and crimp it on the line. Use about 60-pound mono. Right. And uh, tie it to one of a section of swim noodle. And uh, we, my buddy's using blue now with white reflective tape wrapped around it. Right. And uh, you have to put your your name and date on there and because uh, you can only leave them out in the water for six days but we don't leave them out we pick them up every day right and uh you put out about 20 or 30 and string them off down through these flats and adjacent to creeks and we'll fish we'll fish somewhere around oh four to nine foot of water Mm-hmm. And uh, you get a get a spread of them going, and you don't have time to really go off and bass fish. You're busy. <laughs> right. When you, when you get on the catfish, you're busy. And <laughs> there'll be one or two tugging on those swim noodles all the time. But that when that thing stands up and wiggles, yeah, you better go on over and get your fish. Pretty fun stuff. Fun for kids. We had a couple out of school there, and uh, they uh, they got to one of them was reaching with the a boat hook to get the noodle, and the other one was standing beside him with a net. Uh, they they fought all those catfish up to the top, and we had uh, we had one blue that was about seven or eight pounds, which is you know usually you'll catch three or four of those in a day, but the the catfishing was a little off. And, uh, you know, you think as the water's warmed up so fast, but uh, it was still good enough to keep us busy. Oh, yeah. And wound up with cooler full of cooler full of catfish there. Just too much fun. Yeah, it was. That sounds good. <laughs> well, it, uh, there's always something this time of year for fishermen to do. You can go either way, fresh or salt. And uh, with yep. the weather cooperating like it's been, it sure has made it nice, no doubt. Well, I should have you a report um, Saturday morning. You know, well, a fresh fine. report. It's, uh... it's been three or four days since I've been out on on Sabine, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think anything's changed. I think it would have just got better. Right. The last couple of days I fished, the wind blew. They got up pretty pretty high mm. during the afternoon. Uh, it was. 
you know, it was cooking, and the ties were falling off the bank like crazy, and that should be changed up by now. Yeah, it's, it's come around falling. that uh, tide didn't fall as hard yesterday. Yeah, I, I hate a hard falling tide, and you got wind to boot. That makes everything uh, stir up, and you know, as that tide pulls off, yeah, low, it, uh, super low tide with a lot of wind. That's a that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, deal. that's tough. We had gusts up to thirty there the last day, <laughs> and then it come turn around and come cold front for a day, and uh, that, been that wind blew out of the west. Oh man, I I, I canceled that day. Yeah, that was no that way to was, get uh, that was not good. Yeah. There's probably still another one of those somewhere up there in the north. Just oh, I'm sure. I just <laughs> yeah, get ready. keep going northeast like they've been doing. Leave us Yeah. Leave us alone down here in the great state of Texas. <laughs> That's right. All right, Bill. Well, hey man, I'm glad you got you some fresh water fishing in and uh somebody wants to call you about fishing Sabine Lake, how they get a hold of you, bud. Four zero nine six seven three nine two one one. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, Bill, you have a good day and uh, nice talking to you. I'll talk to you Saturday. We'll see what's up. Okay, brother. All right, buddy. You take care. See you, man. All right, take care. All right, that's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake. It's time for a break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 433 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go up to Lake Conroe. Let's uh, have a chat with old Richard Tosh, the fish dude. Richard, what's up, buddy? Not like Mickey. How are you this morning? I couldn't be better. It's all good, man. Good deal, good deal. Sound like you're doing, doing okay. Oh, you know I'm doing okay. Them fish are biting. It's it's all fun. There ain't no doubt about it. The day no catfish been going crazy. The day before yesterday was a little bit slow. Took some more to get fifty of them yesterday. We jumped on them pretty quick. But yeah, it was slow. We we got our limit. It was terrible. No, I know, I know. It just took on board it. It sucks. I know, but then. Then them bass has been bass fishing a little bit too, and boy, them rascals are everywhere. They're all over the place. I mean, you can see them everywhere. I just hadn't found any big ones yet. So the biggest ones I've seen have been about five or six pounds. But I know there's, I know there's some bigger ones than that out there. Oh, there's yeah. just way too many of them up shallow right now. Yesterday a lot of competition. There is, there is. And yesterday I was trying to catch them on a frog. So that that'll be fun. I, day four, I got out there and. Run, run the boat a little bit, and then, then uh, run around there and chunk the frog. They just wouldn't commit to it. They had three or four of them hit it, but they just wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't eat it. You know, so that's one of the things. Oh well, we, we'll catch them again today. So, well, how you liking that new engine? Man, I love it, Mickey. I love it. Isn't I mean, that, that thing nothing like man, it, new engine. You know, no, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's just. You, you know, getting it all broke in and stuff is is the thing. I got right now. I think I got four hours on it, so I'm getting there. It's just taking a little bit, but that's all right. So, but now that thing, I didn't realize it's a V8 on those things. I think that everything I've had up until now has been a V6. 
So, six-cylinder engines versus eight-cylinder engines. I mean, that, that's does not going to get up and go. seem to be smoother? Or? Yes. It, to me, it does. And it, yeah. I think it's heavier, it more too. balanced. More balanced, smoother ride. I mean, smoother altogether. I mean, and what horsepower is that eight cylinder? It's a 250. That's crazy. I know. I know. 258 cylinder. Amazing. Yep. That song sounds like it, too. It sounds like a truck going down the road whenever you're sitting there idling. <laughs> I mean, you can hear that eight cylinder just a long, 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 long. It's just a growling. But whenever you're sitting there behind the driver's seat, you can't, can't hardly hear it at all. So that's what's crazy. It's all coming out that that exhaust pot, exhaust rumbles. But when you're sitting in the driver's seat, you can't hardly hear it. But that's all right. I don't care. As long as it gets me to where I want to go, I'm happy. Yeah, my engine is sitting there idling. It, all you can hear is the uh, water the discharge water's... hitting the yeah, water. No, you know, no. that's, it's amazing that's... how quiet all this new stuff is. It is, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It is. You, know, you turn some of them on and never even realize they're on. So... It's just crazy, but that's okay. I mean, that's like I say. I just I want to get out there and get some. I've been catching some on buzz baits too, so that's fun. Anytime you catch them on topwater bait, it's always fun. Buzz baits, lunker lures. Well, that's it. That's it. There ain't no doubt that was. Remember the first back in the old days, they called them lunker lures. I know. I remember that. That's a friend of mine. Whenever we was kids, they first come out. He goes, "I got this thing called a lunker lure. We're fishing in ponds with it." I go, you ain't going to catch nothing on that thing, whooping up the top like that. Next thing you know, kapow, I go, oh, i got to give me one of them. <laughs> oh, a buzz bait bites hard, man. That's a lot of fun when they're smoking them like that. Oh, you ain't kidding, boy. I tell you what, they'll, they'll blow up on those things, and it is violent when they do. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it's, it's like we're going to kill this rascal. <laughs> and they do, too. They try like heck anyway, but. Ain't nothing like a buzz bait bite. There ain't no doubt you hit listen there, listen to that clack, 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 and all of a sudden, kablooey. It's like, oh, heck. Just hang on. It's time to go. But I don't know. This, I'm looking around, looking around yesterday at, at some of this grass that's growing up. A lot of this vegetation that's in it, like, is, is really taking off right now. That water. Water temperature shooting way on up well, there right now. Well, don't say that too loud. They'll stock a bunch more carp in there. They're, I'm pretty sure they're going to because I was oh, talking to them down there. I was talking to them down there at the show the other day, and <laughs> and we, you know, we were discussing a lot of this stuff, and you know, they, we've got a salvania problem, that giant salvania on the lake, and a lot of it blows out of the creeks in the winter time that you don't really know about, so you don't really don't really see it until you know, just like winter time. Because that north wind will push out the back of a lot of these creeks. Yeah. So they spray that salvagia and stuff. And last year they told me they sprayed a lot. And, and uh, they actually sprayed some over in Katy Creek, that, that hydrilla that's, that's been in the back of it for a long time. And uh, trying to maintain it. You know, and I, I discussed it with them then. I said, you know, it's just, I said, back in the 80s, me and Mark Webb, which was the biologist in that region, uh, for forever, he just retired last year, I believe. And uh, marking out, uh, I sit in on like a town hall meeting type thing on Lake Raven, which is the Huntsville State Park, back in '86 or '87. And Mark was there discussing options for controlling hydrilla. 
And there's only three ways to control hydrilla. You got a hydrilla cutter, and you've got poison, and you've got carp. Those are the three ways of controlling hydrilla. Uh, hydrilla cutters are pretty much useless. Hydrilla grows at the rate of six inches a day, and hydrilla cutters cut four feet under the surface. So in a matter of eight days, you need to cut it again. With the poison, I'm I'm in total disagreement with any poison that's put on any water. I mean, I don't care. I don't care if you say it's safe or not. You know yourself. You spray Roundup around a fence post and have a dog come out there and eat it. He's going to get cancer. Yeah, I mean, they is. do it. Okay. You're doing the same thing. You're spraying poison on grass in the water. We're going to drink that water. What's going to happen? We're going to have cancer. I don't believe it. Any poison in the water. That's just me. You I'm know. with you, man. I've been, I mean, I just I've don't. been dealing we all with poison in my water for my whole career. Right. You know, I mean, the thing is. come out of industry we, around here. It's crazy, man. It really is. I mean, and we all live downstream. I mean, think about it. We all live downstream. We're all going to drink that yeah, water. Yeah, it all runs downhill, water. buddy. It does. I mean, it all we're ends all going to drink that water. in the Gulf of Mexico. Correct. And, I mean, that's that's the thing right there, so. I'm dead set against any kind of poison in the water. And then, so the carp are a solution. And they are a viable solution as long as it's done in the proper numbers. Yeah, as and, long as it's not overpopulation of them, you know. Correct. Because we saw that, that on Conroe. You couldn't even find a blade of grass in that place for. No. <laughs> yes, no. I mean, you absolutely couldn't. And I mean, a lot of the, the, the worst part about it, that, you know, after Hurricane Ike is when the. The latest came in, you know, the latest round of carp came in. And that's, you know, it's been several years. These carp lived for 10, 20 years, I mean. And uh, so that's their life expectancy is 20 years. So when they first put in in the 80s, you know, they they decimated every, every blade of grass out there. And, I mean, every fish was just looking for a place to get. And that's why everybody started dumping brush piles and, and things like that in the lake. So it gave them some type of cover to get away, you know, to hide from from predatory fish, to hide from sunlight, to hide from whatever, you know, and just to have a place to live. So, you know, and that grass is a is a, a filter for the the water also. So the vegetation keeps your water clear no matter what. So you always want some sort of vegetation in there as a filter, and that's you know that's the thing. So when they overpopulated, you had no filter, you had nothing. So the water actually got a little bit more stained. It didn't actually get muddy because it's more of a sandy, a sandy clay type bottom than it is a silty type bottom like the Trinity River or whatever. But anyway, when it you know it did all that, so it got a little bit off color. It didn't like I say it didn't get muddy, but then the fish just thinned out. I mean they are. They were. It was easy pickings to catch them, is what it was. Yeah. And now, now we've got the vegetation. We've got a lot of structure in the water that people put in over the years. So those fish will survive now. Uh, versus back then, the carp are going to die again. You know, it's just I don't remember when Hurricane Ike was, but like I say, you got basically 20 years from the time that they they stocked them, which was a year after Ike, and. Uh, and then uh, that's when you'll start seeing a lot more of it. But 
you know, they were saying, hey, we're going to do some more surveys on the, on the grass and just growth rates showing up here and there and everywhere. And, and then we're going to discuss what we need to do. And, you know, we had the same discussion in my booth, exactly what we're talking about right now. I thought just, I'll have to, you know, put more carp in there. I'm all for the carp, trust me. They're way better than any other option. So they're more economical than any other option. And it's, they're, they're going to control it. And as, as long as they don't overpopulate, exactly. as long as they continue to, just continue to maintain the Right, maintain the you got to have cover. That, that's, that was the biggest problem I saw with the decrease in the crappie population was because there was oh. no grass left, no cover for them. Absolutely. I mean, they, they just have no place to spawn. them. They can't, they can't hide. They've got nope. to be able to get away from people and the predatory animals or the predatory fish out there. That's it. They've got to be able to do it. If they can't do it, they can't survive. I got and a the question people of the world from a listener. A text came in, uh, want to know if you use a trailer hook on your buzz bait. Occasionally I do. Yes. Uh, but more that often than not, depends on uh, how they're biting. Right. Well, see, here's what I found more often than not on a buzz bait. If I got a, if I put a trailer hook on a buzz bait, I need to go to a, a small, a small spinner bait. Downsized to a small spinner bait. That's what I found. And it's weird because what happens is, if you got if you got fish that are short striking a buzz bait, if you'll downsize a small spinner bait and wake it, you'll catch fish. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because I was over at Sam Rayburn one time. I missed. I had five trailer hooks on a buzz bait, and they were still missing. It. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm talking about. I had eight inches of trailer hooks, and they were still missing it. And the guy in the boat. Was picked up a spinner bait, a little spinner bait like a beetle spin, threw it out there and started waking it, and he had five and five casts. I'm going, what in the heck just happened? <laughs> I mean, there ain't. I got my tail handed to me that day, and that's that's how I learned that trick. And I guarantee you, I, I every time I see a short striking fish on a buzz bait, I pick up a little spinner bait and I burn it because you'll you'll be amazed at what'll happen. <laughs> Them sungers will eat it. I mean, you you can't out you can't out Reel them. They can they can catch it no matter how fast you think you're going. Them rascals can catch it. I mean it's it's amazing to see what they'll do to look that little spinnerbait. But that's what I do a lot of times. And yes, I do. I will add one. But when you start when they start missing that one, I'm dropping down to a little small spinnerbait. I promise you, I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter if I if I catch them missing, I'm going to pick it up anyway because of what happened years ago. I mean, it's it's one of those things that kind of sticks in your head whenever whenever somebody leans on you that hard. They get five fish, and you're sitting there scratching your head, going, "Why can't I catch one?" That just, I mean, that's just that's crazy how it happens. But I did that same trick uh, like 20 years to the date after after that particular incident and won a championship tournament on buzz baits. And switching over, it went from buzz baits one day to spinner baits the second day. First day had uh, sitting in sixth place overall with with uh, five fish that laid, weighed like twelve or fourteen pounds. Second day came in, changed over because they quit hitting that buzz bait. Changed over that spinner bait, came in with five weighed twenty eight. I mean, it's crazy. They just it's weird. I don't know why they do it. They'll right. change up like that, and uh, and you'll think that little that little bitty spinner bait won't catch big ones. Uh, yeah, it will. 
It will. It'll smoke yeah. some big ones. There That's, ain't no uh, doubt. I've caught, I've caught a lot of big trout on small profile baits. You just don't, you know. It, exactly. Uh, it, now, spinnerbait, spinnerbait's a different story. Whenever you're, whenever you're strictly spinnerbait fishing, uh, pretty much, you know, especially in any type of tournament situation, always, always have a trailer up. Yeah. You know, now if I'm just out there play fishing, I don't really care. I'll, I might put one on there. Odds are I won't because it try to just hang up on anything I roll over like a, a tree limb or something like that. But, but in a tournament situation, no matter what, I'm always going to have a treader hook on spinnerbait. Got you. Always. All right. Well, I got to run on that note. Appreciate the info, Richard. If somebody wants to call you about coming up and fishing with you, man, how they get a hold of you. All right, Vicky, anyone get in touch with me at 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudetx.com. All right, buddy. Richard, have a good day. Good talking to you, man. Yes, sir. Y'all have fun. All right. See you, bud. All right. That's Richard Tosh up on Lake Conroe. Now let's go down to Matagorda and check in with our good friend, Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., what's up this morning, buddy? Hey, Mickey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Fair to Midland. Same That's as good. always. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, how about enjoying this beautiful weather. How about them big croaks? Man, that picture I saw. Oh, you saw that? 20-inch croaker. Good Lord, man. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'd like a cooler full like, of those, please. <laughs> yeah. He fought like a seven-pound red, too. I bet. Like fighters. They're bad to the bone, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. You get a real pretty fillet off of that big old thing, too. Golly, we used to catch them years ago over in Galveston. Man, yeah. that was something. That's some good eating. Good eating. Well, fishing's been okay the past, let's see, it wasn't any good this weekend. Monday, started Monday. You know, just mainly drifting in East Bay. And um, now you're not catching all those 16-inch trout. When you do catch one, it's 17, 18-inch trout. Right. I don't know where all those little ones went, but they're not plentiful like they were. So, a lot of redfish. Drum mixed in, just typical for this time of year. It just, uh, there's still just not many people fishing, though, Mickey. There's not a lot of people on the water. About the only people I'm seeing are guides, and and, uh, they're not doing a lot. Thank God for live shrimp and popping cork, I guess, because they're catching more drum and sheephead than they are trout or anything else. Well, and red, too. Well, that water temperature is up. 75, 76 degrees. Oh, right? yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Put them waders in the, under the hatch. <laughs> Start waiting yeah. wet here before too long. <laughs> no doubt. You know, and we usually don't do that till around the first week of May. You know, when yeah. we put them up for sure. That's true. Usually but, it's first week of May and you put the waders up and it's wet waiting. Yeah. Well. Look forward to that. I know uh, one of the guides yesterday, one of the redfish guides, uh, he had a big problem with a big shark in shallow water yesterday. Oh, yeah. They're coming in now, too. The gaff topper here. At, uh, I know a guy was catfishing in the marsh yesterday, and he caught a gaff top. 
already. <laughs> Golly. Way up there. Well, when they blow in, they blow in, and when they leave, they leave. That's that's amazing how much that fish will migrate. Yeah. And they'll make them slicks, too. Yeah, they will. And we ain't been seeing many slicks. I, no, I saw a couple yesterday coming in. I said, I bet they're the calf top. Yeah. I just like to oh, see well. some of any kind. I don't care what's under them. I don't see any slicks hardly at all anymore. No, well, you don't have as many fish as you used to. When you got yeah. a lot of fish, you got a lot of slicks. Yeah, yeah, you no got big a lot school. Of birds working too. I ain't seen. I ain't seen any birds working. Only and these bait, we see these bait camps have shrimp too. Yeah, yeah, the bay's full of shrimp. But uh, yeah. usually, if you uh, see birds right now, it's bull reds under them. I'm talking, you know, that forty inch stuff. Nasty, 36, 42 inches. Over there, that's the way it is? Oh, yeah. Big one. Just off the top of my head, there's probably two dozen schools like that just between my bay and East Bay and down the channel. Wow. Yeah, and they're bruisers. Knuckle Uh. busters. (laughs) Yeah. Trout eaters. No, we don't have that problem over here. Don't have that problem, thank God. I don't know how Jeff Coat deals with those red, big redfish all the time like that. Holy cow. Don't want it. Did you fish any? Yeah. I uh, I went through the motions this week and uh, fished all over. That's what I was telling Bill. I'll give Report card on trout, I'll give it a D minus, and that's spinning it a little bit <laughs> in my book. Now, let's see, I did release one trout yesterday that was like about 26 inches, but most of them now are 17, 18 inch trout. Right. So, glad to have them. Yes, sir. Glad to have make them. They'll make it. They make it, they'll turn into big ones. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the river's all clear, but it's hard to catch fish in a river this time of year. Right. But uh, even the flats in, in West Bay are full of trout too, but we uh, really haven't had. That east wind came up yesterday for some reason. It was. They keep calling for a south wind, and it's uh, it blew it blew. I don't know, twelve to fourteen miles an hour straight east all day yesterday. See, we didn't get that. It's it stayed down all day here. It's been calm all week. Huh. One one day you deal with fog, the next day you don't. Yeah. Is there fog out there this morning? It wasn't on the bay, but when I got into Baytown, it was real foggy. Yeah. It's calm and uh, that that old ground fog, you know, from the ground up. Yeah. We weren't dealing with fog early yesterday. It moved in about 8 o'clock and stayed around for about two hours. Mm-hmm. And got got pretty thick, too. We've been having yeah. a real heavy overcast in the mornings. And then the, Same you know, here. is the day it burns on off. And, uh, you know, by 1 or 2 o'clock, it's get a little bit of sun peeking through the clouds but it's nice weather man i'm not going to complain 
winds have been down and just uh just wish fishing was a little better it would sure help yeah our bites in the middle of the day it's like uh 11 to one or two yeah midday bite grind all morning yeah but the weather's pretty and it's nice being out there right now so we'll take it it. yes sir well, I tell you, I wish I I had a box of croakers like that one you had there. You talk about hitting the fillet table, man. That that brings back memory seeing them big old croaks like that back in the day. We had had tons of them like that. Yep, yeah. I miss that. I like eating them. That's the best part. What's Heck the yeah. catch when they're that big? They're from drag rippers, man. Shoot, I'd like to sit on a bunch of them somewhere. Boy, you and me both. That, uh, I think last year I caught one that was 19 inches, but this one, uh, this was 20 inches. wonder what that fish weighed. He had to go four pounds, huh? He was uh, heavy. He yeah, was he heavy. heavy. He had a big old thick fillet on him, man. He made you look skinny in that picture. You look like you lost <laughs> some weight. Nah, I lose maybe up, 10 pounds. Charlie, where'd you throw the Rebecca Creek away or something? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I've slowed down drastically, I can tell you that. Whoa, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Haven't we all? Yeah, buddy. As long as you don't lose all your steps. Hey, as long as a man can put his boat in and crawl in and out of it, that's all that matters. No matter how old you are, you can always fit just like golf. You can stand right up to the and go play, man. Yep. yep. Seen your boy Altuve. That was weird seeing him play against the Astros yesterday evening. <laughs> he played. He was playing for Team Venezuela against the Astros. That was pretty cool to watch. I didn't get to see that. All right, man. Well, Charlie, I got to run, buddy. If somebody wants to call you, how do they get a hold of you? Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right, bud. Have a good day, Charlie. Good talking to you. Take care, Mickey. All right, later, bud. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 